for fans to do something like that, that's fine. But for a news organization, that you got to keep your journalistic integrity. I think that's a very fair statement. But I mean, I still feel like this is a sports story, and sports are meant to be fun and playful, especially when you're top rivals of Patriots. We've all been there. That crazy headline that makes the newsroom howl with laughter. Should you use it? Will your readers find it just as hilarious, or will it backfire? I'm Michael O'Connell. You're listening to It's All Journalism. Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell here with another podcast about digital media and good journalism in general. Michael Tellick, you probably heard his name either on your local news or online, especially leading up to the Super Bowl. Well, first of all, welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. So you reached out to us because you you found yourself in kind of an interesting uh, situation. You were a sports producer at KDKA, the CBS affiliate in uh, Pittsburgh, and you found yourself out of a job. Can you sort of talk about you know what happened? Yeah, so I was a just a regular old news producer. We had a four o'clock newscast, and the last story of the block. I'm, gonna, I'm sure people who listen to this follow journalism. That's a kicker block. It's usually something soft or something light. And this time it was a simple package, real. Bland and generic, just talking about, oh, hey, the game's on Sunday, make sure you watch. And so, uh, leading up to the intro, I wrote about how if the Patriots win here in Pittsburgh, they'll tie the Steelers for most Super Bowls, and that's a cardinal sin. So I thought, okay, how can I have a little fun with this? I put Known Cheater on the graphic for Tom Brady. I also thought about Giselle's husband. I thought Known Cheater would be funnier, especially with the Deflategate situation and the NFL suspending him. I thought I could totally uh, save face in that situation, but it didn't turn out that way. My bosses talked to me after the news was over. They're like, hey, what are you thinking? This has been a PR nightmare. It's all over social media already. And so uh, next day I wake up. It's on everything from Sports Illustrated to every kind of like local TV news station around. Even Breitbart picked it up, which I was like, oh, man, this is definitely everywhere. Then go through my next day on Tuesday, do my shift. Everything's fine and good. They talk, they talk to me for a meeting. They say, hey, we need to talk about what happened yesterday. I just assumed I was getting like a suspension or written up or something like that. But then they said, since I didn't intentionally, I have to be let go. And that was my last day at KDKA. Wow. And how long had you been there? I had been there seven months, but I'm from Pittsburgh. So I grew up in Pittsburgh and I wanted to work in Pittsburgh. So I worked around Ohio in Steubenville, Toledo, Dayton, just to work my way up markets and get a shot in Pittsburgh. And it was a great time. I loved every second of it. I love everyone in that newsroom. They're all very smart and talented people. And they made me a way better journalist and person and writer and just everything. I miss all of them dearly, but it is what it is. I understand why they let me go. It's a tough decision, but it's time to move on with my life. And so far, it's been working out pretty well. I'm meeting a lot of people through this whole situation. And now we're trying to raise some money for charity. And it's just been a great experience so far. Okay. Well, let's, uh, we'll talk about the, the charity a little bit. Let's, let's sort of talk through the, what, what it was that you actually did. You were doing your sports, uh, you know, pre- Super Bowl sports report. You you had a graphic up there with Tom Brady's image, and you know on the Chiron uh, in the text under it, you said you know Tom Brady known a known cheater. So obviously you know you meant it as a joke, but the the CBS people, uh, your local affiliate, uh, didn't think think it was a joke, or at least uh, they didn't appreciate the joke. And I guess were surprised. Would you say that they were surprised that you uh, had done that? I would say so. I mean, I, I think that they were. Expect it to be cut and dry. I mean, the 4 p.m. news is a lot like it's a lot more national stuff, and uh, I wouldn't say lighter is the right word, but more stuff you see like on uh, 
uh, like around the country and stories like that. Because the five and six are more like local news, local Pittsburgh stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is something lighter, something more fun at the end. And I just try to have a little fun with it, give uh, Pittsburgh fans a little wink and nudge, and it just crossed the line. I was too far. So, you know, you said that you understood what they, you know, the reasons why they did it. What, what do you think are some of the bigger reasons why? I mean, I saw in their statement, they said it, uh, for fans to do something like that, that's fine. But for a news organization, that you got to keep your journalistic integrity. I think that's a very fair statement. But I mean, I still feel like this is a sports story. And sports are meant to be fun and playful, especially when you're top rivals of Patriots and everyone hates. I mean, it's been 95% positive, 5% negative to all like this feedback from what's been happening. I do believe if, if it didn't blow up like this, if it just would have stayed around Pittsburgh or it's, if I'm not on every single sports illustrator, ESPN or anything like that, I think I would still have my job. I think since it just so blew up and on the week of the Super Bowl, they just had to do something and they thought the easiest thing was to just cut it off at the head. Well, and the fact that it was a CBS affiliate and the CBS was running the Super Bowl. It's owned by CBS. It's no, no station. I've had people tell me, I bet if you worked at like a ABC affiliate or NBC affiliate, you probably wouldn't get fired. I believe that, but I mean, there's nothing I can do about now and it is what it is and I'm just going to move on with my life. I want to sort of talk through some of the, the you know, ethical issues kind of around this, not in, in a sense of judging you or saying you did wrong or they did wrong, but just kind of sort of examine this. So was there any voiceover? I mean, it's just a normal like package where they're talking about, hey, the Patriots just had a rally yesterday and Tom Brady's talking about how we're underdogs and things like that. Like if this was a more of a hard news story, like say Tom Brady was just in a car accident or something, or even if he was giving money to charity, I would never put something like that. Um, again, it was just like something where it's like a playful kind of little story. It's sports, it's supposed to be light and fun. I read one article from a guy in Boston where he wrote an opinion piece saying, oh, well, like he crossed the line. What's next? Are we going to call the governor a bozo? And, I was, and I'm thinking like, no, that's a public official. It's a hard, serious story at that point. Again, I would never do something like that. Same thing like if it was the president, I would never say like, oh, bankrupt numerous casinos or any other of the things Donald Trump has done in his lifetime. I mean, again, it just doesn't fit the situation. Right. And I'm just sort of wondering about the the context the way it was presented that, you know, if somebody had the TV off, I mean, you know, I worked at a, at a radio station that had CNN all the time and we, we had the sound down, but we had all, you know, all we had were, were the, the images running. And I remember many times things coming up and these odd sort of headlines that they had in there that were without context seemed really kind of ridiculous. I would imagine, did you talk about Deflategate at all in the presentation of that? You know what? I didn't. And I do think if I would put in like quotation marks or put no Nash cheater, I think I would have covered myself a bit more. It's the same kind of idea of saying like, oh, allegedly this happened or please say this. But in my mind, I felt him being suspended by the NFL for their reasoning was, oh, he hit evidence and didn't provide enough. And to me, that's still a conviction of violating the rules to begin with. So to me, it's no different than saying like, oh, Charles Manson didn't murder anyone, but he did tell us people to do it. So that's why he ended up in jail. It's just that kind of mindset for me. And like when you're talking about out of context and things like that, I had one friend who knows nothing about sports and she only like really follows like entertainment and like things like that. And she was like, oh, that was so funny. Tom Brady did leave uh, Megan Monaghan or Bridget Monaghan, I forget her name, for Giselle while she was pregnant. And I, I thought that's what you were talking about. I was like, oh, I had no idea that even happened. So I can understand where people would see that. But I mean, to me, known cheaters obviously more of a, a wink at the flake gate than it would be about the situation with uh, Monaghan. In the environment that we are right now where there's this, you know, real struggle, I think, in a lot of newsrooms to sort of promote the idea that 
you know, newsrooms are unbiased and that they're trying to to present things without editorializing, you know, head, headlines or sensational headlines. I think there's sort of this environment where there's probably a lot more scrutiny on things like this, that rather than let things pass, that they feel they feel maybe there's a need that we need to step up and, and address this to show that we're not biased, that we're real journalists, et cetera. You know, I think there's probably some of that in there mixed in with all this. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, without, without a doubt, 100% I believe you got to show that you're not biased in any situation. I mean, Pittsburgh, especially like the city, of course, like the outlying areas are more like Republican, red, things like that. But in the city and suburbs, they're more Democratic. So we have a lot of politicians who are in office right now who are Democrats. So when they say something, I always make sure to find like a statement from the, someone from the other, other party or just a, a story in general that would be led by a Republican to show that we're not biased. But again, I, I feel like this is sports. It can be fun and playful. There are times and situations where you guys show no bias. I mean, Pittsburgh recently, we're having this debate right now of do we want to allow certain assault weapons in the city? And we've talked to pro-gun people, anti-gun people, every representative, every local gun club. I mean, you guys show both sides of the situation. I think that is obviously the number one job of journalism. But again, this is just a fun, playful little sports story. And it's just a game. It should be fun and playful. Okay. You said that a couple of times, and I've seen that you said that in a couple of the interviews, that this is sports, and sports is supposed to be fun. Again, I'm not trying to come down hard on you. I mean, this is a, a journalism space where, you know, a lot of people come to it with expectations. And, I, and you could argue it from the other side, that people come to a, a sports report with a certain amount of expectations that, you know, it's going to be fun. And, and, you know, that if you think of the way that, like, ESPN has sort of a history of these sort of mawkish attitude toward sports figures and the way they're covering sports news. So this idea that, you know, sports is supposed to be fun and playful, that maybe there's a little, there's a little leeway here. But then again, on the other side of it, this is a journalism space. And it's, it's like, where do you kind of draw that line? I guess. I think that's part of the reason they let me go to, I had a couple of people reach out to me, not from KK, but like people that have worked in news in other places and other markets. And they said, Oh yeah, like that's still like the news section of the broadcast. That needs to be straightforward and no jokes. If that was in the sports section, I could understand doing that and being more okay with it. But because it was in the news section, we still have to just draw that line. And I'm like, okay, I can understand where people are coming from. Again, I thought it was a bit harsh. I thought the firing was a bit extreme, but I can't do much about it. And now it's just learning from a situation. I used to tell people it's like, oh, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. And I am definitely turning my head on that one and not following that rule anymore. <laughs> Well, yeah, until you lose your job and you suddenly realize, oh, uh, because in the end of the day, I mean, it's this is the other thing is uh, you, I mean, you were the that producer who was making that decision, right? Yes. I mean, that's another way to look at this is that from, a, you know, station owners, from, a, you know, your boss's standpoint, they're trusting you to do a certain thing or to do a certain degree of due diligence. And... Do you think that there was an opportunity for you to say, you know, to yourself, well, maybe I should run it, but run this by somebody? I thought, and I thought, okay, maybe I should ask someone. But I, again, I thought, okay, Tom Brady was suspended by the NFL for violating the rules. And it's just a little sports story. It's not like it's a top of the A block lead show story or anything like that, or anything where it could get involved with lawyers or anything. So it didn't even, I just continued on and said, okay, let's have a little fun and make some people happy. And then it just blew up. Well, you say lawyers, was there any hints, you know, as this sort of unfolded in, in the office that they, they were considering, they were concerned that they would be sued? Oh, no, nothing like that. I've had, again, like on Twitter where I'm like doing all the stuff with the charity and everything and talking to people. It's been, again, like 95% positive, 5% negative. 
And like one every, like every once in a while, someone will be like, oh, how dumb are you? You're opening up your station to lawsuits. I'm like, do you understand what liable and slander mean? I mean, again, Tom Brady was suspended by a league. Our station ran a story two days prior about a little kid doing a science project that won because he proved that Tom Brady was a cheater. So it's just, I don't think that Tom Brady's a bit, oh, he called me a cheater. I'm going to sue them for everything they have. I mean, Tom Brady just won his sixth Super Bowl. He's on King of the Mountain. He's got way better things to worry about. Yeah, he's he's going to waste a lot of money trying to sue people who uh, who say bad things about him. Yeah, right. So you you mentioned the charity a couple of times. Let's talk about that. What what is it you're trying to do with the charity? So uh, basically, I, like I keep telling people, like I would this would be the greatest day of my life if I didn't just buy a house two weeks ago, and because then I could just go anywhere, go back to like Ohio or anywhere else, and where there's TV news or journalism or whatever. But uh, since I bought this house, I'm trying to stay around Pittsburgh because that's where I'm from, and I want to be here. And my friends were instantly worried. They're like, oh, my gosh, she's going to have no money. We don't know how she's going to survive. So they made me go fund me. I'm fine. I got money for a few months and, you know, and savings and things like that. So instead of uh, giving that money to myself, we're going to give it to charity. When it first started, there's probably like four or 500 bucks in it. And now it's up to almost 3000 So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to send half of it to a Pittsburgh charity and half of it to a Boston charity. And if we get more money, I would love to help more charities out. But, I mean, right now it's looking like we're kind of plateauing around $3,000. So... It'd be good to get fifteen hundred to a charity in need. So if people want to check it out, it's on my uh, Twitter page at MK Telic. That's T E L E K. You can find the GoFundMe and uh, either donate or offer some suggestions of what charities in Pittsburgh or Boston that you'd like to see benefit from this. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is I sort of learned what what had happened and how this kind of rolled out. And, and I think back to my own you know experiences being like a managing editor of a newspaper and how you end up in sort of a position of authority and maybe maybe more authority than than, than somebody should give you and then you're making decisions on, sort of on the fly like that about you know oh this is kind of funny or this is a different sort of take and i remember many times like putting out headlines out there that probably would have been you know i should have thought second uh, you know, maybe showed it to somebody and said, yeah, is this, I mean, I didn't get in any trouble or anything. I didn't lose my job or anything, but upon reflection, I, I w you know, later on I was like, oh yeah, maybe I, maybe I should have put a little more thought into that. And it's less about, you know, trying to have a joke and have it, have fun. And maybe, because that's the other thing. I, I remember one instance in, in particular of um, um, meeting a reader and it was just like a, it was a profile of her daughter or something. And she had sort of come up to me at some event and she she said, you know, you ran this headline in her, and it was really kind of sensational, and it, you know, I didn't really kind of appreciate it. And you know, it's not the, certainly not the same sort of situation that you're going on, but understanding that when you're when you're doing your job and you're making these decisions and you're given this authority, um, maybe sometimes sort of pulling back a little bit. I guess I'm not saying that's maybe what you should have done. I, I mean, it, you, you did have that moment where you said, but maybe you questioned yourself. And who knows if that would have made that much difference anyway. No, no. Somebody I, might have said, yeah, that's funny. That's yeah, I totally funny. understand what you're saying, and I agree with it. I mean, if people ask me, like, oh, would you do this again? I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I love my job. I love working in Pittsburgh and helping people and telling, telling the stories of people that I live and know around. And so it's just like, oh, I've learned a very valuable lesson, and hopefully I can do something else and learn from this mistake. You reached out to us to, to be on the podcast, which – which I appreciate, and I was a little kind of surprised because it's like it's it's a, certainly a journalism topic, but you've also been on a lot of other uh, you know TV, and was that something that you you know actively pursued, or is this something that was sort of ste you know sort of snowballed as you started doing more that more people sort of reached out to you? Is this is this got bigger? Uh, I'd say it's social media snowball effect. I mean, I started. I mean, I woke up on Wednesday after I was fired, 
and ready to apply for jobs. And I see like all these tweets and all these like GoFundMe things. And I have a voicemail from someone that wants to be like a handler for all this media situation. And I'm like, oh, what is happening? So, I mean, I talked to Deadspin. I talked to USA Today. I was on CNN. I was on Yahoo Finance. And this has been, it's been a crazy ride. I'm like, I'm just doing this all from my couch, on my laptop, on my phone. I mean, it's just been me. Like some people will have like a whole like PR firm behind them. But for me, it's just been like me. Maybe my brother comes over every now and a while to do some tweets and stuff. But it's just mostly been me. It's been cool. I mean, I've been in media for five or six years now. And I'm using that uh, expertise to my advantage and doing all these cool things I never knew were possible. So what are you hoping that this will kind of lead to? Yeah, I would love to. I mean, like I was telling people, like I've had people reach out who are just car dealers, run a deli, run a restaurant. They're like, hey, man, we thought it was great. Uh, if you need a job, we've got your back. So it's good to know that the people will support you. Um, but ideally, I would love to. Like, I still love news. I love journalism. I love sports. So it's like I love the whole, like, making of a process of the of broadcast, uh, picking the stories of content. Even these last couple of days, I'll like read something like, oh, I can't wait to write about that for local news. I was like, oh, wait, I don't do that anymore. So ideally, I do something like that. But I, I, I was at uh, the uh, Pittsburgh chapter of the Public Relations Society of America. They invited me to their awards dinner. I met some people there. On Tuesday, I'm speaking on a panel about Super Bowl ads with the top ad people in Pittsburgh. So I'd really like to end up in something like PR or advertising, just to try something new and try something different where I can be more creative. To use more of my skill set, like Adobe Premiere skills, like Photoshop, After Effects, video editing, things like that. Because I, when you're a producer, you're mostly just writing behind the scenes. Maybe you do like a package here or there, but not as much as you want. So it's just cool to do something else and spread my wings and do something a little different. So how did you get interested in journalism? What, what was your journalist journey? Growing up, I, like in high school, I was even part of like the newspaper club. But again, I was like, oh, I just want to do sports. It was fun. And then whenever I went to college, I was like, oh, I'm going to do journalism. I'm going to call. I'm going to be a sports writer. But there you had to start in like local news, go to like the council meetings, go to like the SGA meetings, things like that. And then I did one story, which was about like this. Uh, we had like this food truck in, in our college at Edinburgh University where it was the hot thing after the bars. because It was the only thing that like, opened after two and it was cheap and everyone loved it. Eventually it just disappeared. And so like I kind of like followed that, talked to city leaders. Turns out he didn't have the proper paperwork and things like that. And that was like the first time in my life where a story gained like traction and everyone's talking to me like, oh, thank you for figuring this out. This is great. And so to me, that was like when, oh, journalism can be used to help people. And I got real interested in that kind of aspect of it. And I mean, that's kind of where I've been. I mean, after that, I, st I started working at the Erie Times newspaper as a sports stringer. My first job was in Steubenville, Ohio as like a videographer. Then I became a producer where I was right behind the scenes. Then I just was a producer in Toledo and Dayton. And then same thing until I got here in Pittsburgh. Well, first of all, I like your attitude about about this sort of happening. I think you you, you realize it was an unusual experience, and you seem to be kind of making the best of the situation, and maybe even I don't want to say cashing in, but at least you're you're, you're pursuing or taking advantage of of the sunlight is on you at the moment, and, and maybe hoping that that's going to take you to something better or, or different. Um, I, you know, I think it's pretty admirable. Sometimes it's tough when you when you get these these job situations, something out of the blue happens and you're suddenly on a different track, you know, are you optimistic? Do you find, do you think that you're optimistic? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, I thought when I first got fired, I'm like, oh man, I wanted to go work at like my mom's like cooking store or like do some retail job or go lay some bricks or something for a little bit. But now it's just like so many journalism opportunities have opened up and uh, so many like PR and advertising things like I mentioned. I mean, there's people who are just reaching out to say, hey, when this all blows over, give us a call. We'd love to be in touch. And that that's really exciting and really supportive. So, I think I'll definitely lay it on my feet with something I'd really be interested in. Well, Michael, this, is, this has been a great conversation. I, I, I'm glad you reached out to the to us. You, you've got a really 
sort of amazing story. I'd appreciate it if you, you know, as you things sort of settle, maybe in six months and a few months, if you, you know, drop me another email, see kind of where you're at. Oh yeah. Uh, I'd love to yeah, see I mean, how like things sort of progress. We charity off and send out the checks and stuff. Like I'll keep people updated. Like originally I thought, Oh, when I get a job, that's when I'll give the money out. But I'm just like, Oh, I mean, it's already where we think it's going to be. So we might as well just do it sooner rather than later. I wish it was more like summertime. So we could have like a big party atmosphere and like announce the giveaway, but it's just going to probably be like something more like basic and generic, but we'll see what happens. Well, uh, thanks for being on the podcast and good luck wherever this sort of rock. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And again, if people want to check out the GoFundMe or just chat with me on Twitter about like anything like sports, politics, whatever's going on in the world. Like I'm there, just hang out in my living room. It's at M-K-Telek, T-E-L-E-K. If you know anyone hiring, tell them to drop me a line. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. It's February already. Why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming episodes. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to produce an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Amelia Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist, and I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.